Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. Gunstock Mountain Resort is now open for the winter season. Enjoy top-to-bottom skiing and riding, and remember to take a moment to stop and take in that iconic view from the summit. One of, one of our 10 best we chose last month in New England Ski Magazine. Check out our tubing hill for thrills and laughs and night sessions with the most lit terrain in New England for all you night owls. Book your lift tickets, rentals, and tubing online in advance. Check out our upcoming events at gunstock.com. Embrace the chill this winter at Gunstock. And discover what you've been missing when you visit Burke Mountain, the last little corner of Vermont. Located only seven miles off Interstate 91, the slopes are closer than you think. Take advantage of their incredible midweek deals like $45 Monday through Friday lift tickets or Wicked Wednesdays where three people can ski or ride for the price of one. That's right. You and two of your friends can ski and ride for just 15 bucks a piece every Wednesday non-holiday. Incredible. To learn more, book your overnight stay at the Ski In, Ski Out Burke Mountain Hotel or purchase lift tickets, visit SkiBurke.com. I'm New England Ski Journal editor Eric Wilbur. I'm joined here by my co-host, Mike Specian. Mike, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Eric. The skiing, man, every day I'm, I'm just relishing in how good the snow has become. Yeah, it really is. It's, we were at a, a below average winter, and I think we're still a little bit below average, but not so much anymore. So it's just amazing how quickly things can turn. Yeah, we're still behind as a whole, but I'll tell you, the snow that's there right now is, inc- I had to run up to Pat's Peak for something the other day, and I made some turns up there on my slalom skis, and it was so silky. It was incredible yeah. how much, how sweet the turns were, just carving it up. Yeah, similar experience that we had over back in February was we were hearing a lot of <laughs> everywhere we went, and then we got to Saddleback, and you, the more north you go the better the snow is going to be. And we just skied just, you're right, silky, smooth snow. And I was like, oh, that's right. This exists. So it, it was fun to, to, it's great to have snow back, right? And it's great to have winter back. It's great to have these threats of winter here and there. But then it's like, is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? It's a, it's a whole deal. This is what March is about, though. March is historically the snowiest month in Vermont. We're off to a pretty good start in that regard. And March is also the time when what comes out, Oh, it's time for season passes for next year. I'm not buying one of my season oh, pass. Oh, come on. Year. So are you? So I got the email from Indy. Yep. I looked at it and said, wow, it hasn't gone up. Even though Indy was just sold, uh, Doug Fish sold the Indy pass. To Benny or Anton Benny? Yeah, I forget the name. Anton Benny Systems. I hope I'm saying that right. Somebody he's been working with. But when I saw it, I was really concerned that the pass was going to go up. And it came out. It was 279 I go, click. <laughs> oh, how can you not buy a pass? You are the market. You, they, you worked. It was how, right there. Uh, yeah, but it. I put 43 bucks up up front. Yep. And then for the next six months, it's $34 with no interest. Yeah, Come on. It, it, it is a no-brainer. I've got to do it myself for me and my kids. Indie Pass is out, and it started out that it was just for former users, correct? Current it, and former users. Current. So if you do not have an Indie Pass, you can't get one, right? Nope. That's coming out. Okay. It was, yeah. yeah, it, yeah. yeah it's, I'm just kidding. I know. It's coming. This is year number five for me. I've been with Indie since day one. Nothing's better than being able to pull into Berkshire East and ski or, or we don't know the full list for next year yet, 
But in the email I got, Jay was still on there. Right. Jay is still on there. And I think that Jay and Waterville, they made a point to to make known that those two would still be on the list. I'm not going to lie. I've got two Indy passes this year. So I've already been to Waterville three times. Is that cheating the system? Nope. I actually called to make sure it was okay. Wow. Look at that. And Do you well, have to have your same name or is it like Mike too? One's Mike, one's Michael. But <laughs> I watched when they pulled it up yeah. and both showed up and the people at the window are going, you got two of them? I go, yeah. So all others interested in purchasing Indy Pass for the 23-24 season can join a waiting list at IndySkiPass.com to reserve exclusive access to available pass inventory before the general public. The waitlist member purchasing opportunity runs March 24th to 30th, and general public sales begin on April 1st. So they are putting some limits on the Indy Pass, I think, which is fantastic because the Indy Pass, by its very name, is trying to do what other mega passes have not done. And so if Indy Pass is just going to overcrowd every ski area, then what's the point? The fact that they're limiting their passes, I think, is a commitment to what that pass is about to begin with. It's it's holding true to the soul. It really is. When I saw some pictures on a powder day, it was just about a week ago from Crested Butte, and I looked at the line backed up going, are you kidding? Uh, Crested Butte's on the Epic, and I'm just blown away how many people are showing up on these mega passes, and I'm glad Indy is holding true to what it was meant to be, the independence and driving that skier that really wants to ski without all the extra amenities. Agreed. I think it was first weekend in March, I believe, 7.30 a.m. Mountain Road and couldn't move. 7.30 a.m. And you've got like a two-mile backup. You know, that sort of stuff doesn't, the Indy Pass doesn't want that to happen. They want to work hand-in-hand with these resorts in terms of growing together, not overcrowding. And I hats off to them for realizing that and not becoming the problem that they're looking to solve in the first place. Yeah, some of these powder days on a Saturday right now, Killington Access Road, all the way past the basin and beyond, on the road, parking. I'm sorry. I don't want that. And yet, I got this text from my, a friend of mine yesterday. I went to Atatash. Atatash was freaking empty. Great conditions. Weird and sad. So empty. But skied a ton. Not one lift line all day. That doesn't sound like a Vail property to me, does it? What day was that? That's on Sunday, March 12th. So, what I am finding, I have skied the last two Fridays, just by happenstance because I've been on the road. Sundays are not a problem anymore, it doesn't seem. Fridays, all of a sudden, are the new Sunday. Fridays are are not as bad as a Saturday, but the pandemic, it seems like everybody's working at home and skiing on Fridays again. It's interesting. Maybe that is part of it, because I I know, you know, there are people that have up and moved, that live in Ludlow, that live in Stowe, that now live in Upper Rangeley, and yet they're working for a corporation in Idaho or Colorado or Massachusetts, right? It doesn't matter anymore. But Epic also did release its new Epic passes. Vail has announced a slight increase across the board. For the Epic, it's jumped from 841 last season to 909 next season. The Epic local and Northeast value passes increased from 626 to 676 and 514 to 555 respectively. So not a lot of, it's not going to cost you a lot more for an Epic pass next season. That's not, that's still an incredible deal yeah, cons- it's, it's, cons- considering it's ridiculous. It's unlimited. Okay. The Indy Pass has its um, issues, hence why I have two, because you've only got two days guaranteed 
at each resort. Right. So unique there. So Epic gives you that option to ski as much as you want at a Sunapee, at a Stowe, at an Okemo, at an Edetesh. Right. And if you're traveling, particularly if you want to trip out west or if you want to, if you want to travel to, you know, overseas, Switzerland, Japan, but the Indy Pass is a whole deal. That's just... Oh, yeah, that's huge. That's something we can do our own show on. With the Epic and having that freedom to go to Beaver Creek or Vail or Breckenridge, Park City, it's not just a local ski pass. If you want something like that, the Northeast Value for 500 bucks, 555 this year is, again, it's great value. It's it's the Epic Pass. It's Everyone has one, but that's why, because the value is so good. The value is amazing. I know... We have spoken a couple times and poo-pooed Epic because of the crowds. Look, if you can ski midweek, if you're going to Park City, if you're going to Vail Beaver Creek or the I-70 belt of Colorado, Epic is still an incredible, incredible value. If you're planning on taking a trip to Utah and going to Park City, buy them now because you can ski everywhere in the Northeast. And it's just, that's the benefit of buying that pass for that trip is that you get it here too. And it, it's, it really is. Epic Pass gets a lot of hate and it gets a lot of hate. But I think for it being the first, right, it's still probably the best. And it is still a great value. And the Epic Pass just keeps chugging along. And I think that locally, things were better this year. We heard a lot fewer complaints from a lot of things. that, And to give Vail credit, they listened to a lot of those complaints. And they actually did make some changes that address some of those complaints. And I think that has helped go a long way in a lot of these resorts. Okay, and Altera has released Icon. Icon is a little bit of a price hike itself. That's at 11.59, 8.59, ages 13 to 22. Is that for the base? That is for the- That's uh, for, The base is less. The, that's not the base. The base pass is 8.29 and 7.79. 8.29. For, so let me, for five days at each area, let me Guaranteed. give you the, the differences here. The Icon Pass delivers unlimited skiing at 14 destinations, but only Stratton and Sugarbush in New England, okay? There's no blackout dates. The The Base Pass, which is 829 or 779 for kids, gives 14 unlimited skiing destinations and up to five days at 33 other locations with blackouts. The passes can be used immediately at Stratton and Sugarbush if you purchase them this spring. So that's a nice little Benny. Does that also include unlimited for Mount Tremblant? I do not know about that. I can check that out. Yeah, I believe Tremblant is also on there. So we'll throw that into the New England mix because it's not that far. And actually is the cover story of the spring issue of New England Ski Journal. So Tremblant's, Tremblant's Tremblant is. is a winner, by the way. So you're talking on a base pass five days at six different resorts in New England. I'm sorry, four different resorts in New England, and then unlimited at two. That's that's pretty friggin' incredible also. And you are correct, Tremblant is one of those unlimited destinations. But when you start to talk about Western resorts, okay, you've got Aspens, you've got the Coppers, you've got Deer Valley, Alta Snowbird, Solitude Brighton. There are some incredible incredible ski areas attached to it not even talking about the far west right i've been an icon pass holder and to be able to pull right into deer valley which is the cream of the crop when it comes to decadence and grooming it's pretty incredible for that price and steamboat steamboat happens to be one of the icon and we are going to have a little steamboat discussion in a, uh, in a few minutes bright, bright lighten me up on that Steamboat. Oh my goodness. Steamboat is very special to me. I ran a operation up there at one point. I've got so many friends up in, 
in Steamboat proper, Steamboat Springs, the town. But Steamboat is just an incredible spot because it gets so much snow. The snow is so dry, pushing 400 inches this year, I believe, which is unheard of. And they've actually extended their ski season this year an extra week because of it. It is a place to dream about, and it's got so much history, and we're going to talk about it. Excellent. We, we are going to talk about it. We've got Dave Hunter. He's the vice president of resort operations at Steamboat Ski and Resort Corporation. He'll be joining us next on the Basecamp Pod. Don't go away. New England Ski Journal's Basecamp Podcast will return after this. Get ready to winter like you mean it. Make tracks to Stratton for a big mountain experience with corduroy cruisers, tree-lined trails, new terrain parks, miles of glades, all with snow so great it's guaranteed. Book your lodging at the heart of the resort and discover everything you love about winter is right outside your door. Like snow tubing, snowmobile tours, snowshoe treks, cross-country skiing. Then there's Stratton Village for shopping, dining, après, and late nights. Stratton.com to save on lifting tickets and lodging packages great glen trails outdoor center is your one-stop adventure destination this winter no lift lines just great grooming and magical vistas classic snow tubing hill with hot cocoa and s'mores on the weekends try a guided snow coach tour grab your reservation to treeline on mount washington private and group lessons for skiers of all ages and all abilities evening snowshoe tours and so much more check the website for booking options and details as well greatglentrails.com joining us now on the zoom line from colorado is dave hunter vice president of resort operations at Steamboat. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, fellas. My pleasure. Fantastic. Dave, you're an East Coast boy. You're from Massachusetts originally, right? Yeah, that's correct. Holyoke, Massachusetts. I grew up ski racing on the East Coast and came up through the industry starting at a little ski area called Mount Tom Ski Area. Unfortunately, no longer in operation. But the result of that got me to drive west in 1997, and I've been living in Colorado ever since. Oh, fantastic. Why don't you give us a little overview about Steamboat for anybody that doesn't know about it? Steamboat's in Steamboat Ski and Resort Corporation. Steamboat Ski Area is located in northwest Colorado, about three hours northwest of Denver. And we have 2,965 skiable acres here. And we've got terrain for everybody. And one of the real special things about Steamboat is it's a real town with real people and an amazing, very easy to access via the Hayden Airport. Probably talk about that a little bit later. We'll get into our airline program, but it's a really special place. Ski Town USA, we've trademarked Champagne Powder Snow. There's nothing like it on earth. Sorry, you don't. it's a real special, special place. We at the, in the East Coast have been looking at the snow out West and been going, oh God. And Steamboat is no exception. You, you've had an unreal snow year. What has that been like in, in sort of having this winter to remember and you've extended the season, correct? Yeah, absolutely. People talk about our weather pattern this year and, and it's been remarkable. Steamboat does very well with the Northwest, Northwest flow. And we've been lucky to be in that flow most of the season, but December and January, huge snow months in, in, in Steamboat. January 16 feet of snow fell. Currently, we're sitting at 375 inches at Mid-Mountain, which is where our official snow stake is. And we're over 465 inches at the summit, at the top of Storm Peak. It's been, it's been remarkable. We've earned it. 
we've earned it. We've had some rough years. Last year was a really rough start, finished incredibly, but it was a really rough start. And a couple quick facts on December 18th of last season, we had 38 acres open. And this year on December 18th, we were 99% open. So 2,800 acres. So what a, what a, what a difference a, a year makes. But, you know, we got to the point, interestingly enough, I'm not looking for sympathy from, from the East Coast skiers and riders, but to, towards the third week of January, our staff was getting pretty beat up. We all needed to see the sun. I think in January, we had one day where the sun came out and it just continued to snow. But the conditions were absolutely incredible. Yeah, you're right. I'm playing my, my tiny violin here for that. That, that oh, sounds just terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you you tell your sister resorts here back in the East that story and you're not getting any sympathy. <laughs> no sympathy. Yeah. And so based on this incredible snowfall, we've decided to, our scheduled closing date was April 9th and we pushed it out a week to April 6th. To be honest, we probably could have gone a little bit longer, but we're in the middle of a three-year transformational capital campaign here and we need to get a bunch of construction done this summer. So we're going to go towards April 16th. All of our closing day celebrations, which is something that we call Springalicious, will still happen the 7th, 8th, and 9th of April. We'll have the Whalers playing here on the 9th. We do a cardboard classic. We do a, a pond skim. So all that will happen the weekend of the 8th and 9th. And then we're scheduling some additional fun festivities for our new closing weekend, which is 15th is the Saturday and 16th is our closing day on what a great spot to be on the 16th for closing day at Steamboat. Steamboat, tree skiing is king there. What's, what's it like yeah, out there? It, it's truly magical. I, I would put our tree skiing ahead of anyone in North America and one of the best in the world. It's truly legendary. A lot of big old growth aspen groves, perfectly spaced, on average about 2,000 vertical feet. It's really magical when it comes to tree skiing here. And when we say we have 2,965 acres, that includes our tree pods. And there's as many people skiing in the trees as there are on the runs, especially on a powder day. You hear a lot of hooting and hollering, but it's really magical with the Aspens out here in Steamboat. Steamboat is on the Icon Pass and part of Altera. How has that relationship led to where you are today? Altera has been and continues to be an amazing parent company. Altera is almost six years old. They obviously have founded the Icon Pass, which has been a game changer in the industry. And Altera is, is, is really passionate about our people and our environment. And we're one company with many unique brands building a global mountain community. And the unique brands part of that statement is, is really what Altera is all about. Altera is not front and center with, with our 16 resorts. We make most of our decisions local. There are certain things that make sense to centralize, but it's a very different model than our competitors. So it's not about changing Steamboat into, into something else. It's about celebrating what Steamboat is, what Stratton is, and what all of our other resorts are within the portfolio and really celebrating their brand, their communities, and strengthening it. That's really what what Altera is all about. It's not about homogenizing. It's absolutely the opposite of that. It's really investing in the communities and in our people. Our people are our employees and our guests and uh, in making those brands even stronger than they are today. Yeah, they have. We hear that out here from our friends at Sugarbush and so on because they've been on the pod, how Altera has allowed them to function and be who they are without 
turning them into Aspen. Correct. Which is, which is yeah. really, really cool. One of the things I've always wanted to come out to Steamboat for was the Winter Carnival. Everybody sees yeah. that that great event, the ski jort event. What's that all about? So the Winter Carnival was back in January. It was the 109th Winter Carnival. It's sponsored by the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club in the city of Steamboat. And it really celebrates athleticism in winter. And it builds, it really is built by the community and highlights Steamboat's Western, Western heritage. And it really encompasses Ski Town USA. They close Main Street in Steamboat. So the main thoroughfare, which is US 40, they close it in downtown Steamboat and they bring snow in, cover the downtown street with, with snow, and they do ski joring, shovel races for all ages. So a lot of those activities happen on Saturday of that weekend with a huge fireworks extravaganza that evening. And then on Sunday, they do a parade on snow down Main Street or Lincoln Ave, which is US 40. And Steamboat has the only marching band on skis in the United States. And they kick off the parade. It's really a special weekend. Really all about celebrating all things winter and athleticism and our, our Olympic heritage here in Steamboat. It is a incredible weekend. Great, great weekend for folks to plan a trip to come out and see us in Steamboat. Yeah, I've never been, I've never been to Steamboat. So obviously I've never been to, to that event, but I remember seeing footage of it on Warren Miller Films and it just being so very original and so very, if you took it and, and put that in Tahoe, it wouldn't work. If you took that and put it in Kansas, it wouldn't work. It was just, it really worked well in this era. And, and you could tell that on film. So yeah. two other iconic things about Steamboat that come to mind. One Billy Kid, who was really ours, but that that's okay. And two, yeah, that's true. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> and that that poster, that the poster that is an iconic nineteen seventy three photographer Jerry Brimacombe. Am I doing that right? Jerry yes, Brimacombe captured the image of Rusty Chandler and Joe Smoten trekking through Champagne Powder. And I think even on a podcast, you can envision it what it is because it's just synonymous with the place. Talk a little bit about stealing Billy Kidd, first of all, and second of all, about, about that poster and, and how that image has remained so timeless. Well, the barn, I'll start with the barn. The barn is still there. We still use it quite a bit for some of our video footage internally and externally. Here in my, in my offices, there's posters of it all around. You use the correct terminology. It's iconic. When people see that, they know it's Steamboat. And it, and it really parallels our brand and our community and who we are, really the fabric of who we are. We're a genuine Western town. Ranching and agriculture is still a real big deal in our community. And when you go to the grocery store, there may be a lift operator in front of you, a rancher behind you, and an Olympian behind them. It really is a, a melting pot of Western heritage and ski industry. So the barn is still there today. It's iconic. And we're known for it and, and we're glad it's, it's still in place and still part of our brand. It is a big piece of our brand, as is Billy Kidd. Yes, he, 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 he was on the East Coast, just like me in the beginning. But, you know, Billy, when we still had the, the gondola building in Steamboat Square, where all our offices were, we've since demolished that building and took it down and gondola out on the snow. Billy's office was next door to me. And I still see Billy about once a week. And... Talk about someone who just bleeds passion for the ski industry and for skiing and for ski racing and Olympian and, and making people believe that they can be a better for decades. 
Billy was the poster child and he would do a run every day at one o'clock with all age abilities and all ages and all abilities and just the most friendly, genuine human being, but truly bleeds passion for this industry. And I don't know of any other ambassador out in the industry that, uh, that does what Billy does for the community and for the sport as a whole. He's truly a, a remarkable human being. Yeah, yeah, he is amazing. And you see that hat, you, it, it bleeds Steamboat 100%, even though he's a stowboy. It's like an Indiana Jones hat. It I mean, fits the bill yeah. with that it, person. It yeah. sure, sure does. You, you spoke about the Olympics or Olympians. We have Whiteface, which you're really familiar with. We have Squaw. We have the Birds of Prey at Beaver Creek. How does Steamboat fall into the Olympic mix? And I want to hear about that other hill in town that I think helped yeah. breed it. Yeah, absolutely. So Steamboat has produced more Olympians than any other town in North America. We're well over 100. I think it's 113 to be exact. And it goes back to what we said earlier, fellas. It's, it's the culture of, of being in this community. Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club is, is one of our biggest partners here at the resort. They have their, their own training venue here at the ski area named All Out. So that's not open to the public. That's a specific training venue for the Winter Sports Club. And then you have Howelson Hill, which is owned and operated by the city of Steamboat Springs. And it's the oldest operating ski area in North America. And the Winter Sports Club is down there training as well. And it's not just ski racing, it's moguls, it's Nordic combined, it's ski jumping. On a Saturday in the summer, for folks that are in Steamboat, we have incredible trail running and mountain biking here as well. And, and I, I often will do a trail run that brings me right to the bottom of the jump complex. And it'll be a Saturday morning in July. And there's 10-year-old ski jumping in the summer. It's really, again, back to the fabric of who we are as a community. And, and we've got the numbers to prove it with 113 Olympians. It's a super special environment. And, and everyone is just really passionate about this year. This week here in Steamboat, we're hosting the, the Junior Nationals for moments right here at the ski area. And we've hosted the Pro Ski Tour. Back in the 90s, we hosted a World Cup alpine event for the women. And so this is what we do. Last year, Steamboat hosted in very difficult times, thanks to Mother Nature, we hosted a Olympic qualifier big air event here at Steamboat. So it's just, again, it's back to who we are, what our culture is. And as part of, as part of supporting our, our, our brand of being Ski Town USA. It's so unique of what you guys offer. I've spent some time, when you, when you look at the town of Steamboat, I've spent time in Park City. I've spent time in Breckenridge. But Steamboat is so different and special because you really feel that sense of community beyond just the tourists coming in. Well, even just you know, let, let me let me back that up a little bit. I think you're 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 right in that you go to these other western towns like you go to you go to Park City or you go to to Vail and you've got a very unique experience, but you don't have that sort of I'm in the wild west of the United States, right? Steamboat does that. I think Sun Valley does that. I think Big Sky to some degree does that. And it's a really just a sort of like unique sort of back to the roots experience that combines with the modern day beauty of skiing. I totally agree with that. And it, and it starts with the, the most simple thing, which is being friendly and being welcoming. And that's really what we hang our cowboy hat on is this is a welcoming and friendly community. And our destination guests feel that when they're in Steamboat. 
and, and it's, it's something that's very unique, very unique. Yeah. It's re I recently saw a, a 60 minutes special where they focused on dogs and they talked about how dogs evolved from wolves because there was a segment of the population that realized that humans were giving them treats and that it made more sense for them to actually just be nice and friendly and go hang out with these humans. So a segment of them did that and a segment just stayed wolves and they called yeah. it survival of the friendliest and said in a lot of regard that the dogs are what they are now for just being kind and open and, and, and appreciative of these human beings. So it, it's yeah, great. You know, no, it's amazing, right? When you just break it down and keep it simple and, and be thankful and be friendly. Yeah, it's exactly right. Totally true. Well, you guys, I know you've been rated extremely high on customer service. I know the Altera group has their listing. What, how do you, how do you do that? So we developed, and really it was Altera developed the guest experience system. And the guest experience system is something that all of our resorts use which identifies all the different interactions with our guests, basically looking at the experience through the guest's eyes. So everything from, from the parking lot to the rental shop, to the snow sports school, to loading the lift, when do you engage with the guest? What are the high impact touch points? And it's been, been really powerful. It's been powerful for us as a, as a training tool and as a recognition, as a recognition tool. And also to be, to be extremely honest, also an ability to course correct where we see that maybe we can, we can up our game in this one area and really what it, where it all starts. Everyone likes to talk about the guest experience. The guest experiences is obviously extremely important to any business in the service industry being successful, but it's really about starting with the employees. So our employee experience is really what we're hyper-focused on as a, as a top strategy. And it's not to say that our guests are second, but we feel very strongly that if our employee experience is, is remarkable and is, is really being focused on that the guest experience is going to come. If you have happy employees, you're going to have happy guests. That is so on wall street, really wall street doesn't do it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a commit, the commitment from Altera, the commitment across our portfolios. And I truly believe. I get around quite a bit, ski around a lot of other areas. And, and it, I believe our guests can feel the difference because our employees, if you don't have happy employees, how do you expect them to deliver world-class service? So it really has to start with the employees and, and have the right training programs in place and provide them the tools they need to succeed and, and the toolkit they need to succeed and, and train them on, on exceptional guest service. And when you get those two things, working in synergy with one another, the sky is the limit. So, so you mentioned closing on the 16th because you have some construction and stuff going on. What can we expect for the future? Wow. Steamboat, we are transforming the guest experience here in Steamboat. So we are entering into our third year of what we call full steam ahead. Full steam ahead is a three-year capital campaign. And we have completely transformed the base area in Steamboat. We put in a double set of escalators coming down into what we call Steamboat Square. We've built a brand new ice rink that was opened this, this winter. We're in the middle of constructing a two-story new food and beverage building called The Range that will open on Memorial Day, which is right adjacent to the ice rink with a big deck. 
We've taken down the old Steamboat concert stage and built a new stage and reorientated it so that it was front and center to Steamboat Square. Then, then as part of phase two, last summer, we constructed a 10-person D-line high-speed gondola, which takes guests to what will eventually become the mid-station of Wild Blue, but this season it's the top terminal. And we have a 14-acre on-mountain dedicated learning facility called Greenhorn Ranch. Greenhorn Ranch is, is an industry-leading beginner area for both skiers and snowboarders. Really not age-specific, it's ability-specific. And so we have four magic carpets in that area, a beginner-specific detachable lift, and all the terrain is progression-based. So our guests start at 7% slope, and they progress through the terrain all the way to 18 to 21% slope. What will happen this summer, on the heels of all of that last summer, is we will finish and, and construct section two of the Wild Blue Gondola, which will take our guests to the Sunshine Bowl, which is our most sought after low intermediate terrain. So as our guests come out of the snow sports program and they're able to navigate that 18 to 21% slope, they'll simply get back on the Wild Blue Gondola at the mid station yeah. and they'll be delivered in eight minutes to the, the top of Sunshine Bowl where all of that beautiful low intermediate terrain is. The Wild Blue Gondola will be, when it's fully constructed going into next winter, it will be the longest and fastest 10 passenger gondola in North America. So super excited about that. It also increases steamboats out of base capacity by nearly 50%. Last but not least, next summer, this coming summer, summer of 23, as part again of the last phase of full steam ahead, we'll be expanding to the north of the ski area by 650 acres. 350 acres of that will be what we're famous for. We talked about it earlier, guys, our, our, our world famous tree skiing. So 2,000 vertical feet of tree skiing with a high speed, a new high speed quad. We're calling that terrain Mahogany Ridge. And then off the north flank of that is 300 acres of extreme skiing and snowboarding terrain called Fish Creek Canyon. And that's an area that Steamboat has, has, has a deficit in, is that real extreme style terrain. So this will truly be a game changer and, and kind of just put a bow on all of our terrain offerings. It will take Steamboat from the fifth largest, this expansion will take Steamboat from the fifth largest ski area in Colorado to the second largest ski area in Colorado. Fantastic. Well, how do I get there? That's what I want to know. How do I get there? When yeah. do I get there? So that's the easy part. That's the easy part. So we are, we're extremely fortunate. 21 miles away from Steamboat is the Hayden Airport. And Hayden Airport is again, 20 mon 21 miles away, Hayden, Hayden Steamboat Airport. And uh, we have 16 direct flights during the winter into that airport on six major carriers. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the easiest and best way to get into Steamboat. And is that from, um, from Denver? No, 16 nonstop flights from around from the around. country. Oh, okay, great. We fly nonstop from Boston. We fly nonstop from Fort Lauderdale. Awesome. Chicago, San Francisco, Seattle, Houston, the list goes on. Six major carriers and uh, you fly right into Steamboat. The other option, if you're not going to fly directly into Steamboat, is yes, you can get a connection in Denver to then come to Hayden via air, or you can fly into DIA, Denver International Airport, and rent a car, and it's a, it's a three-hour drive with dry roads from Denver to Steamboat. So there's, the, there's a lot of options, but the direct flights is really the way to go. 
Tremendous. With the chaos on I-70 these days, I yeah, think direct, direct flights flight. are the best <laughs> way to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You, see, you see images of I-70 every weekend, and I'm sure it's never as bad as the pictures say, but it, it doesn't look great. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a challenge for sure. That's one of the other great benefits of Steamboat is we're not on the I-70 corridor, which allows us to stay genuine and feel a little bit, a little bit more remote, but still close enough to all the things you Well, on every program we do, we try to get some insider on for the listener as to where to go. So on a powder day, what is your favorite? Where would you go? I usually start a powder day with, with a couple of runs on terrain that had been groomed overnight that has new fresh powder on top. I think other than a, other than just a deep, deep powder day, skiing, skiing corduroy underneath six or eight inches of champagne powder snow is there's nothing. I typically would go to Thorn Peak South to our trail hurricane if it was brewed, which has a, a, an amazing fall line and pitch. That's one of my favorites on a powder morning. And if it, if I wasn't going there, I would be heading into the sundown pod and I would be going to roll it. That's, that's awesome. I actually chased you early one morning with a cloud behind you on, on a groomed terrain with fresh powder. And it was yeah, pretty nutty. I remember that. I was pretty <laughs> yeah. nutty. I remember that. So what's a hidden gem? The hidden gem is Twilight Trees. Twilight Trees is skiers left of three o'clock, which is also in our sundown pod. And it's about 2000 vertical feet of perfectly spaced aspens of that. It, it, it's just, it is magical in the day or two days after a storm. It's, it's just as good. It's, it's truly a magical place being in that Aspen Grove and and it's, they're just perfectly spaced. And whether you want to go fast and go full bore or whether you just want to enjoy yourself, it, it, there's really nothing else like it. It's, it's a magical section of our ski area. And it's amazing. Like I can envision it, right? I've never been there, but the Aspens are so like burned in my brain that I can envision what that looks like. And it's top notch. Yes. So after a day, especially springtime with the sun higher in the sky now, where's the Opera ski spot to go hang out? So my favorite place to hang out is on the Timber and Torch deck, which is right here at Steamboat Square. We have a huge, large patio with a giant fire pit, walk-up bar, and the stage is right there. If it's a Saturday, on Saturdays, we do the Bud Light Concert Series, so you can sit on that deck with your friends and family, enjoy a beverage of your choice, and the ice skating rink is right there. So it's a great place for families to be able to gather. The kids can go ice skating. The parents can be parents and get a cocktail. So the timber and porch deck is, is where you'll find me operate at the end of the day. Awesome. And in three words, how would you describe Steamboat and the vibe? It's genuine, it's friendly, and it's real. Perfect. And, and the vibe, the vibe, the stoke here is, is high. I was out on the hill earlier right before this podcast started, and it's a, it started off a little cloudy with snow this morning. Now the sun is out. And the stoke is high here. Great snow year, great year to come to Steamboat. And our guests are just having a phenomenal time. And, and the spring skiing here is going to be all time. Awesome. Well, hopefully some of our listeners use some of those frequent flyer miles, come out for a weekend before it's all over because Steamboat is real. It's some of the best skiing in the country. Dave, thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure. That is Dave Hunter, Vice President, Resort Operations at Steamboat. Dave, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this on this episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you guys soon. When you're done, book your tickets, and I'll see you for first track. Sounds good to me. Love it. Excellent. That's Dave Hunter, Vice President, Resort Operations. 
at Steamboat. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast will return after this. Eagle Crest isn't your average community ski area. We're on an island. In Alaska. We have panoramic ocean views. A 1,600-foot vertical drop. Big mountain terrain. Incredible backcountry access. Less crowds. More snow. And some pretty historic streaks. It's now 50 consecutive days with snowfall. You can't drive here. You have to fly or ferry. Which means shorter lines and untracked powder. We have great community. We're affordable. We have an amazing learning center. But it's not just the skiing and riding. Juno has a lot to offer. And we're right here waiting. If you want to be inspired and informed on everything about the New England ski and outdoor scene, then you need to check out SkiJournal.com. SkiJournal.com delivers daily content on breaking industry news, tips, gear, dining, travel, entertainment, as well as all archived episodes of the Emmy-nominated New England Ski Journal TV show and the Base Camp podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to New England Ski Journal, the longest-running regional ski magazine in the country. New England Ski Journal's award-winning writers and photographers bring all four seasons to your door with best-in-class coverage on skiing and the outdoors. Log on to SkiJournal.com and click on the subscribe button to get New England Ski Journal mailed to you today. New England Ski Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. And now, back to the Base Camp Podcast. Eric, Steamboat is one special spot. There's so much to do there. Dave sort of laid it out. A New England boy taking it to the next level out there. His time in the East really developed his love for skiing. But what he has done out there at Steamboat has been amazing. Their customer service ratings have been tops in the Altera program. I've spent a lot of time with them. And it's it's amazing. Steamboat is, we, we have a, a sort of, not a bucket list, but a, a list of places the Wilbers want to go next year. And next year is Big Sky, Steamboat, or Jackson Hole. You try deciding between those three. It uh, is something. But Steamboat's up there. I mean, it's, it's, it's an iconic sort of destination that I've always wanted to check out since I was a child. Just from that poster alone, that is just, it's, it's burned in my memory of this place to go. So I'm telling you, how old are your kids now? They are 15, yes, 12 and 10. Okay, at that age, okay, Jackson is Jackson. Right. It's got some of, it, it's just a great raw skiing mountain with great steeps. The Hobacks, we, we talked to them. You, you heard about it. It's incredible. Steamboat, I, that would be tops on my list for a family mm-hmm. due to the fact that it is based on the tree skiing. You see the pictures. The powder's so light, it's lighter than, it's almost like being in Taos, New Mexico light. Well, there you go. The Wilbers are going to. Yeah, well, and, and the terrain is not so out of control crazy that your kids are going to be able to ski so much of it. Right. And if we do the icon, then we've got our, our passes are taken care of. We can go out to, to Steamboat. A couple other of uh, the passes I did want to kind of get into your sort of 
collective ideas. I don't know. Mountain Collective has not been released yet. Boyne Resorts, uh, New England Pass, $1,759. Good at Sugarloaf, Sunny River, and Loon. Also includes an Icon Base Pass. It's a lot. It's steep, but you're but, getting a but, lot of skiing. But you know what? If if you live in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. if you live in Portland, I mean, that's that's still... We, we have taken these pass prices so low. It is. It's incredible. When you think... When you imagine what a what a, a season pass at Stowe cost, what ten years ago, and you compare it to now, it's like it's laughable. So we're getting good value. There's overcrowding, yes, but still, this isn't like it's it's impossibly out of reach for us. Well, if if I lived on the North Shore of Boston, I live in Southern New Hampshire. That price, a thousand dollars to mm. have all of that at your access. Well, seventeen, seventeen fifty nine, seventeen fifty nine. Yep. I mean, this still is it's an incredible value for what you're getting. And Boyne, my goodness, they do it right. And Boyne has still not included Pleasant Mountain, formerly Shawnee Peak, which it now owns. It didn't include it in the New England Pass. Pleasant Mountain has its own season pass, $7.99 adults with unlimited season passes come with three days each at Loon, Sugarloaf, and Sunday River. So that's not bad. That's, pretty, that's nine days of extra skiing you get. In the hundred dollar pass to your home mountain. Other independent resorts have put season passes on sale. Bretton Woods, nine hundred ninety five dollars for adults. They are also offering a no regrets pass. Skiers and riders age five to twenty nine can purchase the pass for next season, and there are no blackouts. And Pat's Peak has an unlimited adult season pass for five thirty nine if purchased before April sixteenth. Gunstock's adult passes will run five eighty nine through April thirtieth. And the unlimited pass at Berkshire East, which is a combo pass at Berkshire East, Catamount, and Bousquet Mountain, is $549, $429, ages 7 to 17. 7 to 17. So there's some great value there if you're looking to put down some money now for a pass and you are have the freedom to decide where you want to ski next season. Now is the time to start sniffing around for what works best for you. What I would suggest to everybody is... These passes are less expensive now. They are incredible values. Hop on now because this is when you get it. I told you, I bought my ND already. Yeah, and it's, it's not the worst idea in the world to actually get, get those in now. Put down the down payment and pay over whatever months, you, whatever, however months you need you to do. So season pass time. It's crazy to think about that. Season's not even over. It's time to start thinking about next year, but so goes the circle of life. Well, With that being said, we still have ski season ahead of us. We've talked about next year, but there's still a lot of skiing ahead. Steamboat's got a few more weeks worth of skiing ahead of them. Mm -hmm. So if you've got some frequent flyer miles, you're going to get... You're going to get incredible skiing. Make a trip for a long weekend. Utah's in great shape. Colorado's in great shape. And, of course, we've all heard about California and the incredible (laughs) amount of snow they've had. Oh, God. It's it's almost too much, right? It's almost too much. Almost. Well, well, it's too much if if it rains on top of it. It's not too much in the sense of it's going to keep Mammoth open forever. Right. right. <laughs> That's true. Mike, thank you very much. As always, it was a pleasure. Eric, you know what? It's great to talk about New England skiing, but it's also great to talk about the great skiing elsewhere in yeah. this country well we're all bit one big happy family right i mean you got to pass there i got to pass there we all ski together so thank you very much mike that is the base camp podcast for this week i am new england ski journal editor eric wilbur we'll see you next time new england ski journal's base camp is a siemens media podcast siemens media inspiring 
informative, insightful.